You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast, comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey everybody, welcome back once again to Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast. My name's Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Hope everybody had a nice Independence Day weekend. They might get time off or have a big barbecue or anything. In the past, um, last week. I think. Yeah, it was like, you're throwing me <laughs> off. Um, I... <laughs> think three-dimensionally. Yeah, <laughs> Well, when you, I hope it was great. And when you were uh, saying you were, you know, might be staring off in the distance trying to look at your notes here, I, uh, I might, I, I'm, while we're doing this, I'm playing Dragon Age through my head because tomorrow is the day, or I mean, days ago, is the day that they find Clint Clattenburg. Oh, my. Wow. So, I can't wait to hear all about it. So it's been, we're, in a, we're in a quantum realm where it has already happened and yet has yet to happen. Yeah, he is both in the cage and not in the cage. Rodinger Clattenburg. Rodinger's Clattenburg. That's it. Just That's the title. shut it down. It. We're done. If you, if you can spell it. Uh, now, anyway. Uh, to be honestly, I've anytime I've written that i've had to go back and look how we, i spelled it the first time because i have any to umlaut? Stay... is there an umlaut or anything there should be but there was <laughs> um i yeah it's been uh since i did invited jesse to come and play an npc as a real character as a just something to try and he played a couple of sessions and then was kidnapped all to set up a good moment when he would come back. If they ever found him, it has been since he was kidnapped, it has been two years and seven months. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope oh. they fed him. <laughs> I literally, that's the note I sent him. It was like, you were fed. You know, and, is and he coming I, back? Your your grand plan was to have him like jump out at one point when they found him. Is he is he? He's already in the flesh? basement. He's oh, nice, both nice. he's both in the basement <laughs> and not in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> no, he we've got it all planned. He's psyched. I'm psyched. They they pretty much have given up. <laughs> I mean, I've waited long enough. <laughs> they actually, I think they've given up on Jesse ever coming back. But <clears throat> but they uh. This should not, we're going to be at a place they should not expect him to be. Like, they've followed all the leads to find him, and now they're doing something else. So guess where he pops up? That's how you, that's how you do it. Actually, now that I think so, about it, I'm, I'm wondering if Jesse was worried about me. Because the last time he came into the store, as I told the story about my computer problems, and I had to have someone come in. Jesse actually came in while the guy was fixing my computer. So... After he left, I thought that probably looked funny. I was standing behind the counter, like there was a strange man standing right beside me, right by my cash register. With a gun in your. And gun. I like I was probably looking panicky because my computer wasn't working. <laughs> so I was like, he just kind of checked out and left. 
And I was like, I, I needed to give him some signal, like, I'm yeah. okay, or, you know, like, yeah. a, that would be hilarious if you, like, pushed a note across the <laughs> counter. <laughs> gonna need you to go full Punisher on this guy. <clears throat> anyway, he's in, uh, Jesse was instructed to, they will have played for like three hours or so before he shows up. So they won't be expecting it. And then he's supposed to come in and just, just walk in the door when I reveal that they find him and <laughs> come and sit down in his chair and nice. keep, it'll be pretty cool. <clears throat> ah, anyway. Well, well that's, uh, that's, I, I'm, I, I feel relieved of, to known finally the fate of, Clint Clattenburg. Yeah. Oh, he's got a lot of stuff coming up. He's a whole he's a whole real character now. He's a he's a psyched to uh, get to play some. Hmm. So well, it's the Fourth of July. That means July. it's my that means it's my fake birthday. So yeah. So what you please, get? Please wish me a happy fake birthday. <laughs> um. I got a new office chair. Cool. Because mine was on its uh, downslope. It's not. It was not in good shape. Right. The ring where your feet go had fallen off. So like you know, where you prop your feet up, my feet have just been dangling. <clears throat> I get my frivolous stuff on my real birthdays, but when my real necessary items, some I really need, I save those for the fake birthdays. That's when I ask right. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's kind of it's very utilitarian, like socks, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, it's also first Friday as we record this, so downtown was hopping once again. I, I didn't head down this time. They're doing another of vinyl record sales. Well, so I don't know if it will, it will all be the same stuff, or there'll be all brand new. You're uh, not topping Fonzie. No, I mean, there's no real reason to even try. That's why I told Jared. I was like, you know the. The people who set up this time are going to use the first one to gauge what people want. So it's like everyone's going to bring their Fonzie records. This time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be all <laughs> leather Tuscadero's greatest hits, mm-hmm. <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. But I did, I did run down to the library had their used book sale, which mm, they have yes. a couple times a year, and it's usually in the little annex building beside the library. So there are like two rooms. There's wall-to-wall books shelves on all four walls and tables down the middle and there's usually a ton of books very very cheap but this time they had it outside so it was a little bit smaller scale there were only a couple of tables and there were almost as many dvds as there were books hmm. but library dvds don't uh, age particularly well so i, d- I didn't yeah. buy any dvds but i only found one book i want i found the shirley jackson Haunting of hill house novel hmm. So maybe closer to Halloween, I'm going to read this, and I'll maybe finally get to that second season of the, the Netflix show. A girl at work read that after we watched, around the time we watched the first season of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it compares and how it was uh, adapted to a more <clears throat> modern take on it. She, I think she said it didn't seem, it, I don't know, just like it didn't have as much to do with it as she thought it would, but but she didn't dislike it. I read a book. This baby right here. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. Novelization. You, I think. Did you ever buy those when you were a kid? Usually that yeah. that 
I mean, most famously, my one of my my uh, uh, formative years is the Back to the Future <laughs> novelization getting ripped up by my crazy father. And that, um, but uh, yeah, I, I had several, and like it was always weird to read things that weren't in the movie. As a kid, I didn't understand why. Well, why is that different? And there's still there's still one to this day. I had the the novelization of the Ninja Turtles movie, the original. And there was a paragraph when I was ten years old, maybe. And the paragraph was like, you know, when when Casey Jones helps Splinter down off the wall and rescues him, and it's like, the paragraph was like he looks at him as a friend, you know, something Casey never had too many of or something along those lines. And literally every time I watch the movie since then, I think of that. I'm like, Casey didn't really have many friends. Now he's like (laughs) that scene, the novel like enhanced that scene for me. And I literally still think of that every time. Well, this there's a, there's a Twitter uh, account I follow now. Apparently there is a novelization, a paperback novelization of every movie. It seems like. I know there's some podcasts and things that do that review Wow, the novel, that's really the novelization. Yeah, I never do any, any of that. But the, but I got this a couple days ago. Came in the mail. I burnt through it because I love the movie. Big Tarantino fan, of course. And I was curious what this would have in it. I mean, I knew there was going to be some stuff that wasn't in the movie. It is like eighty percent stuff that was not in the movie. Hmm. And there's tons of the movie that just left out. Like they just. We'll say like, oh, and this happened. This is happening over there or something more. I mean, it's not what I expected. This is, this mean, is more, this is what I wanted. Yeah, you've already seen the movie. Yeah. So we, yeah, like, there, is, there is two or three scenes that are from the movie in it. And you get to see like how close, you kind of get a feel for how close it would be. You know, if they, comparing it to the scene in the movie. But then just tons of like in between scenes which was great and like you said it, that's a great example of what i like most about it is you get what the characters are thinking that's what you get in a book you don't get that in a movie it's like so to just constantly see what each character is thinking is adds so much so when i go back and watch the movie i'm gonna get so much more out of it knowing their motivations better and things like that so i freaking loved it i thought it was great so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, movie and TV history, though, and it's, like, you could tell he's, of course, a huge nerd about that stuff. He has that nude Beverly cinema, and he's a, obviously a huge movie person, but he also knows all that history of old cowboys and things like that. And he, uh, but while you're reading it, and they're talking, you know, about a lot of the stuff between the characters, I... Uh, you still don't know whether any of it's true, but it's because a lot of it's fictional characters. <laughs> well, they, oh, this person was in that movie and this, I'm like, yeah. and sometimes you look it up and they were, and sometimes no, that person didn't exist, <laughs> but it was excellent. I, I, I hope he does it for goes back. Like he, I listened to him on Mark Marin the other day and he kind of said how he liked, really enjoyed doing it and he might do it for, you know, something else. Do it for all of them, please. I want to. I want all of this. <clears throat> hmm. I saw so, something about he was trying to do a, a a Kill Bill sequel with um Maya Hawk. I think he he just said if he ever did, he she would definitely play the the kid, which huh. would be great. Yeah, which would be 
freaking great. I would love that. That's a top 20 movie for me. So <laughs> do it. Let's get a sequel out there. Well, Michael's not here tonight, but he made point. Uh, uh, we were hanging out last weekend and he, he, he made point to, uh, to tell me about his, uh, Eternals book he bought, uh, the Jack Kirby, the giant, enormous, I think he said it weighed 50 pounds. At 15. Okay. The, I knew bo- there was the box that came in had that stamped on it for UPS. It was 15 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a heavy book, a 50 pound book. That was, that's what I thought. I was like, man, how did you lay that? Do you lay it on the floor? Like, will the coffee hey, table That's a big book. It? That's a. <laughs> I was, I, crap, I meant to tell him, I was like, you're not going to be able to take that into the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm sure that's where he does never get out. Reading, that's but... why he's not here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> they get in the bathroom and he's stuck. He could probably prop it up against the sink, like across the room or something. But <laughs> no way you're holding that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you know, yeah. He couldn't make it tonight. He is a little bit exhausted. Probably for all the publicity he's been doing for his Kickstarter. So. We won't go too far into it because he's not here, so he, he can't. Uh, yeah, if he can't, we're not we're not going to do his job for him. Mm-mm. Check <laughs> out Insurrectionist Kid. And I don't think that was how you spell it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has talked about it before. Insecta Kid currently oh, yeah. raising funds via Kickstarter for the first print run. The book is totally done. We got a proof copy of it. Looks nice. So we just uh, hoping to. To, to make a few sales and, and have enough to get it printed. So currently on Kickstarter, there's a tier you can just get the digital comic. There's a tier you can get the actual comic. Uh, a tier you get a nice variant cover. His artist friend Michael Tyler did a cover of uh, Insecta Kid as Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man, like the classic pose from Spider-Man number one from the ni- 1990s. Uh, and then there's a tier you get a nice tie-dye T-shirt. So there's there's a couple a couple tiers whatever you want to invest into it. It's a fun book, superheroes fighting reptilians, and it stars him. Strange. This is the book he's most excited about because it stars Ronald P. Tramp as the, as the sidekick. So take whatever psychology you want you want from that. I flipped through it. I didn't see Pompitos. I'd mm. say you have to you have to introduce him at some point. That's that's definitely <laughs> got to be like issue number two there. So <laughs> that's the start. You don't bring that out on the first. They totally switch it on its head. Now it's all about him. Yeah. yeah you don't you don't bring Pompitos out. You know, straight out the straight out the. Guys, no Pompitos. Gotta... I, I actually I should just save it. I don't think you guys know it. I was going to save it for a trivia question. Well, I'll ask you right now. Do you know Pompito's name? His first name? <laughs> I don't know it if that's said. established. established it was said. Yes, it was said. It is, it is canon. <laughs> is I wrote it down for is a it, trivia question. Is it Bartholomew? Like, yeah, yes, it's Bartholomew. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you remember <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> oh, I should have saved it for a trivia question because you would have been so proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you said, I remember him. My name is Bartholomew. <laughs> I like crispy fried potatoes. Uh, I wrote that down. Oh. When I was listening to it months ago. Wow. Like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Anyway, what are we doing?
One job forever? Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it, okay? You tosser. You had one job to do. Ugh, well, we haven't done the one job segment in a while. Cliff had a good suggestion this time. I don't know why, but it's thought out of the top of my head, I guess. Uh, I asked you guys, have we ever done the one job with Bill Murray? He's still alive. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We usually, we usually do it after untimely passings. But Bill it did feel still... like we'd done it because that's somebody you would think had been would be at the top of our list. So I checked the book, though. I wasn't in there. So I think it's about time we mm-hmm. take care of this. You know, looking over his filmography, I I'm I was sure we didn't do it because I I don't know what my pick would be, and I still don't. So we need to. We need to yeah, this is going to be there's going to be some discussion here. So let's go back here. Um, let's go to some of the. Let's go way down the list here. He's been in a lot of stuff. Well, oh, I, yeah. if if you look at his IMDb page. There is a list as long as your arm of things he was considered for. Right. He was almost the star of the and like movies that would not have, you know like the, the 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 Tim Burton Batman. It was like he was he was considered for Batman and like these really random movies like I can't even imagine. They may have been way greater if he was in them but there's there's <laughs> some weird weird movies he was uh up for. Indiana well, weird... Jones, Han Solo, like any, yeah. any big role. They didn't know what to do with him. They hadn't yeah, decided yeah. what he was going to be yet. And and the strange thing is, he's never had like a manager or an agent. He he's he has like a one eight hundred number or something for people to call and leave like a, a a voicemail, and he'll get back to you when when he feels like it. Like, and I, I mean, at some point, that level of success, he just do what he wants. He, yeah. If he if the role's interesting, he'll do it. He's not doing it to do anybody a favor or like he's not obligated to, to make these two studio movies and then he can do an indie like he can just do whatever he pleases so his uh he, he's had some stranger uh <laughs> turns in his career but i i don't know some some really really iconic roles so i this, this is going to be tough for me that's for sure yeah i was looking tons and tons of stuff I, larger than life yeah well he he got to start with the National Lampoon, correct? Like doing the National Lampoon uh, radio show, and I think he was in the um, second. Was did he come from Second City uh, out of Chicago? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading that Saturday that uh book about those guys in that era right now. I can't remember the name. Oh, it's like I don't remember. Anyway, it's about all them back then, and he, uh, I can't remember what he came out of it, but it's all, they're talking a lot about when he was on Saturday Night Live. And why don't you go down that list, or do you want to go down your list of? Oh, uh, you know, I like I posted for the patrons, and I came up with twelve, and I feel like I left several off. Right. Like there were, I could have posted eight or ten more that, you know, probably wouldn't we wouldn't vote for, but could could somebody could so. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll run up to be here. Uh, first movie, 1973 and 74. A couple short films. Uh, a couple voice. He dubbed some movies. So yeah, not, not a ton of stuff till Saturday Night Live, 1970s. Uh, the first big one, 
uh, probably Meatballs in 1979. Mm. As Tripper. It was supposed to be like his uh, animal house, you know, like mm-hmm. Belushi was the guy at the time. Chevy Chase was soon behind. And uh, so there's a lot of tension between those guys, like especially Murray and Chase. Right. Well, he, he replaced Chevy Chase, right? In, in season two of Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he wasn't in the original cast. Yeah. Yeah, he just missed the cut, and then they had hired Chevy Chase, and um, then he was the breakout star, and he immediately left after a year, and they brought Bill Murray in. So, I uh, played Hunter S. Thompson in 1980, where the Buffalo Roam. Uh, also, 1980, Caddyshack, Carl Spackler. That was uh yeah, I was reading about the Hunter S. Thompson stuff. Like he went and hung out with him, and he like really immersed himself in that. And it didn't really amount to anything. It was just like how much trouble he had went to to make that movie. What'd you say after that one? Uh, Caddyshack. Oh, uh, yeah. Classic. So I jump ship in Hong Kong. And I make my way over to Tibet. And I get on as a looper at a course over there in Himalayas. A looper? A looper. You know, a caddy, looper. Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro Jack. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself, the 12th son of the Lama, the flowing robes, the grace, bald, striking. So I'm on the first tee with him, I give him the driver, he hauls off and whacks one, big hitter, the Lama, long, into a 10,000 foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? No. Gunga Galunga. Gunga, Gunga Galunga. So we finish 18, and he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Very quotable. People still quote it. 1981 Stripes. Yep, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> so that's uh, Ivan Reitman, one of his, his uh, many collaborations with Ivan Reitman. Yeah, they were talking about that. I was reading and just how it was just uh, like one of those things where they were just take, going by a formula of how, how we let's make a movie and let's have it be, you know, in the army and then, <laughs> you know, with these guys going in there and they had to make some deal with the army and they mm. couldn't be like make them look stupid and all this stuff also starring harold ramus and john candy okay mr yeah. push-ups let's hear your story chicks dig me because i rarely wear underwear and when i do it's usually something unusual but now I know why I have always lost women to guys like you. I mean, it's not just the uniform. It's the stories that you tell. So much fun and, and imagination. Lee Harvey, you are a madman. When you stole that cow and your friend tried to make it with the cow, 
<laughs> I want to party with you, cowboy. <laughs> the two of us together? Forget it. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to volunteer my leadership to this platoon. An army without leaders is like a foot without a big toe. And Sergeant Hoka isn't always going to be there to be that big toe for us. I think that we owe a big round of applause to our newest, bestest buddy and big toe, Sergeant Hulka. Yeah, what was he in that? He was the roommate. Um, I just rewatched that when I did that hundred iconic movies, or whatever that was, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I watched and, like, it recently. It's and he he's year. he's incredible. Like I I didn't even remember he was in it. Like you guys were just like, wait, who is he? But I he watched was... it in, in the last year. I do not remember him <laughs> being in it. He's not. He doesn't have a huge role, but it's it's really good. Uh, the, the that dry wit that he has and. Uh, oh, now I can picture it. It's that crappy apartment. Yeah, yeah. And they like have a have a party or something. It's just yeah. Okay, I, now I can picture it. And then we get to nineteen eighty four. Cliff's heyday. And yep, that's Doctor, right there. Dr. Peter Vankman, Ghostbusters. Mm, yeah, just went and saw that uh, in the theater last summer. <laughs> Took that's my right. daughter. Trying to relive that 1984. I was. Year. Bought my ticket, and the guy says, you know this is for Ghostbusters <laughs> 1984. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't be I'm here otherwise. <laughs> it's in there. Hey. Well, that wasn't such a chore, now, was it? Mr. Smith, quickly, I want that door open now. Don't stand over there. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Did you see it? What is it? We got it! What is it? Will there be any more of them? <coughs> Sir, what you had there was what we refer to as a focused, non-terminal repeating phantasm or a class 5 full-roaming vapor. Real nasty one, too. Now... <coughs> Let's talk seriously. Now, for the entrapment, we're going to have to ask you for four big ones, $4,000 for that. But we are having a special this week on proton charging and storage of the beast. And that's only going to come to $1,000, fortunately. $5,000? I had no idea to be so much. I won't pay it. Well, that's all right. We can just put it right back in there. Thank oh, you. Oh, we certainly can, no, Dr. Beckman. No, no, no. All right. Anything. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hope we can help you again. Coming for a one class five. So I, th- this might be the first thing I think of when I think of Bill Murray, but it's also kind of a you know an ensemble. It's not his solo movie, so I don't know if that if that would play into my voting or not. That it's not just he's obviously the the, the, leading you know, the fan guy. favorite, yeah. the leading yeah. guy, but it's there, there's a good ensemble there as well. Uh, let's see, Little Shop of Horrors. There are a whole bunch of comedians in that. I don't think he had a very big role. And that's something Bill Murray did a, or does a lot of. Like he yeah, he picks and yeah. chooses these little parts that he just, you know, he he brings to life, but they're not always you know the lead or they're not a, a huge part of the movie. But yet, some of the, his best work are these roles. That, you know, uh, Scrooged, nineteen eighty eight, Christmas classic. That's on TV all, yeah. uh, every night <laughs> of December. 
89, Ghostbusters 2, he comes back. 1990, Quick Change. Remember that one? He's the... Yep. They, uh, him and Randy Quaid and Gene Davis rob a bank. I remember liking that one a lot. 91, What About Bob? Yeah. Great movie. 93, Groundhog Day. Classic. Which might be... The other one, like maybe the first thing that would come to your mind as the the yeah. leading man when starring role. When I yeah, when when you said that's the first thing I think of as just him. I'm sorry. What was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck. You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry waffles. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you to believe in me. You're not a god. You can take my word for it. This is 12 years of Catholic school talking. I could come back if you're not ready. How do you know I'm not a god? <laughs> oh, please. How do you know? Because it's not possible. I'll come back. Doris. This is Doris. Her brother-in-law, Carl, owns this diner. She's worked here since she was 17. More than anything else in her life, she wants to see Paris before she dies. Oh, boy, what I... What are you doing? This is Debbie Kleiser and her fiancé, Fred. Do I know you? They're supposed to be getting married this afternoon, but Debbie is having second thoughts. What? Uh, Ed Wood, 1994, 1996, Kingpin, the bowling farce. <laughs> uh, what You said larger than life. I don't even remember what that was. It's like also an elephant. 96. There's an elephant. Oh, is that Operation Dumbo Drop? I don't know. I thought so. That's what I was going to say. I thought that was what it was called, but I think it's a different movie or something. Maybe. A motivational speaker discovers the inheritance his father left for him is in the form of an elephant. Hmm. Huh. Never, never saw that one. Uh, also 96. So Kingpin, Larger Than Life, and Space Jam. That was a good year uh, for Bill Murray. Yeah. As the live action uh, teammate. 97, The Man Who Knew Too Little. So this is the era. It's more the slapsticky, silly comedies. Dana Carvey was yeah. big in this era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 97. 98, he makes Rushmore. Hey, Mr. Bloom. Hey, it's Max Fisher. Oh, hi. Hey, Max, my mom just showed up. Is it okay if I leave early? Over. Sure, Charlie. What's the secret, Max? The secret? Yeah, well, you seem to have it pretty figured out. The secret? I don't know. Uh, I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. Shotgun. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Donnie. Hey, guys. In the back, I said mm. shotgun. In the back, Donnie. As Herman Bloom and uh, Wes Anderson's Rushmore, and this, I think this is where his trajectory. Yeah. He had two completely different careers. Yeah. So I think up until you know, from the all the seventies to Rushmore, 
he was one in one sort of movie and maybe one kind of actor. And I, it feels like everything after Rushmore was d- just a different uh, trajectory. Uh, Cradle with Rock. I don't remember that one. 1999. True story of politics and art in the 1930s. Hmm. Okay. Uh, he was in Hamlet in the year 2000. And Charlie's Angels. So uh, that's a good... Wow. So he played Bosley in the Charlie's yeah. Angels. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums. So yeah, every West, he's in every Wes Anderson movie from here on out, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lost in Translation, 2003. So that was the big Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he went and played the voice of Garfield. So yeah, like he said, he just does, he does <laughs> whatever he wants to do. Uh, Coffee and cigarettes, the the the, the short the short film, that Jim Jarmusch, I think, black and white movie, bunch of short uh, comedic segments. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. It's a good one. Broken Flowers. I've almost watched that. Thought about it. <laughs> Darjeeling Limited, more yeah. Wes Anderson. Yeah. Get Smart. Mm-hmm. Get Low. I don't know what that is. Uh, well, get low. Wasn't that like Robert Duvall or something? Maybe not. It was equal parts folktale, fable, and real life legend about 1930s Tennessee hermit Robert Duvall, Sissy Spacek. Hmm. Uh, the voice in Fantastic Mr. Fox, the cameo as himself in Zombieland. Mm-hmm. That's a famous one. I had that spoiled for me like the week ended open. I was not pleased with that. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. The Monuments Men. Grand Budapest Hotel. St. Vincent. Mm. I like Dumb that movie. D- yeah. Dumb and Dumber 2. You play someone named Ice Pick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Nope. I've seen it, but I don't remember that. Uh, Rock the Casbah, the voice of Baloo in the Jungle Book. Uh, quick cameo in Vice Principals, the HBO show. He was like the the exiting principal. Hmm. Uh, another voice in Isle of Dogs, and then it looks like a couple more. Uh, they've been talking about a a, a, the, the, a Ghostbusters follow up. Yeah, and he's in the out. French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's next movie. So yeah, he's still going strong. He's got one, two, three, five things in in pre or post production. Hmm. So, what were the ones you put up on the page? Uh, so the main ones I did: uh, Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Scrooged. Groundhog Day, Rushmore, Lost in Translation, Steve Zissou, Zombieland, or Saturday Night Live. And we only had, we only had a couple patrons chime in. Uh, Jesse voted Ghostbusters. No, no argument there. And Justin went ahead and took the step of adding something to my list. <laughs> Sounds right. Despite there being a very obvious other category, you, you can click <laughs> other 
but I guess silver level patrons have the ability to to edit any <laughs> polls. So that that's his prerogative. He added Kingpin, Big Ernie McCracken, and he said, "Man, that is tough. My gut reaction is SNL, but he mostly played." quote, Bill Murray as a blank and was really only on for three seasons. So, yeah, I, I mean, I remember him on there, but I don't remember real, a real iconic skit or skit, yeah, that he was in. But he says, I'm bucking Land the Shark. Trend. Was he Land Shark? Mm. I don't know. It's been a long he time. Said, I'm bucking the trend and going with the wild-haired bad boy of the professional bowling circuit, Ernie McCracken, especially with the apocryphal story that he actually bowled three consecutive strikes in real life to end the tournament. I, I had not heard that bit of lore, but apparently Bill uh, did his own bowling in the room. Yeah, I'd heard that about that scene before where he, uh, you know, they're filming and he actually, by chance, did it. So it, he's giving a, a natural reaction and the crowd's, you know, right, pumped right, up right. with him because of it. So, yeah, I mean, yep. Ghostbusters is pretty, pretty up there for me. Um but it was weird when I, I, my initial thought was kind of stripes. It, it's a movie I've seen a, a bunch as a, as growing up as a kid. Um, it never got old for me. I always felt like this is the best Bill Murray, like as a starring role I can get. Like I always liked his comedy stuff. His, you know, he's fine and everything else, but. Just as the leading man, like you said, it was just a, it, the way it was written was, you know, nothing extraordinary, but because of him, um, I, I felt like he really made something out of that movie. I, I love that movie. Uh, I never get tired of watching it. We've, we've watched it even with my kids, um, sitting down. It's still funny to me and, and it's got a strong cast. Beyond him, I, you know, Harold Ramis pay, plays kind of his sidekick in the movie. And then uh, uh, John Candy, of course, has his... Anything John Candy does is great. But but I, that's just my first thought. I don't know. I don't know how to compare Stripes Bill Murray to Lost in Translation <laughs> right. Bill Murray. Like it's, it's, it's so... De- we can, I, I, the thought crossed my mind, he, he could be worthy of a two jobs. We could pick an early, mm. an early Bill Murray and a and a late. Nope, yeah, I, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, Lost in Translation. I looked up. That was it's his only Best Actor nomination. And people, I, when that came out in the early two thousands, like it was hugely acclaimed. Oh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Um, you know, made her made her a star. So it's just it's just not one I've rewatched, and I, it just it, it was it was fine when I watched yeah. it, but it's not one that's that's aged with me. That's probably it for me. It's the rewatchability. Um, I do love a movie that I can watch a hundred million times and and not get tired of it, and thirty years later still watch it again and be perfectly okay with it. And there's a bunch of those kind of movies on this yeah. list I just read. Yeah, so. exactly. And of course, same thing with Ghostbusters. Um, I think it was a. You want to talk about a movie that pop culture in the mid '80s? It was all about Ghostbusters. I can, I can remember my uh, right in that era, right when it came out. Um, I remember my cut, co- my family, my cousins came up from Florida, and we went to. 
I think the Ohio State Fair and everybody got like a, a Ghostbusters t-shirt, you know, of course I'm sure it was some knockoff, yeah. but, <laughs> but I remember they were so excited. I'm a little kid. I remember they were so excited because they were like, we can't get these in Florida. We, we can't find these anywhere. And I think we, we had those knockoff fair Ghostbuster t-shirts. Like we all had them in different colors, but we had them for years until, you know, of course we outgrew them. Um, but this Ghostbuster probably definitely the first movie I can really remember going to the theater and seeing. Um, and he played he played so well against the other characters and the way you know the 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 nerdy uptight scientist. Uh, you know he he was the the sarcastic. You know he was he had their back. He was with them, but he was also kind of like I'm too cool for all this. So it, yeah. was just, it was a different take on a kind I'm of just character here to like get that. The girls. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm going to use the science for that. But yeah, then, but but again, it is a little bit of like Bill Murray being Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd being Dan Aykroyd. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning. I'm well. My favorite movie on this list is Rushmore. That's a movie I've seen a hundred and fifty times. Something about it. It's it's in my. We joke about my top ten, but it's definitely in my top ten. I adore that movie. I think he is so good in it as, you know, the divorced dad whose his life didn't <laughs> didn't go the way he thought, and he has this chance to maybe find some happiness. And there's this kid in his way, and he's you know he's is not worried about uh, <laughs> uh, you know having a romantic feud with a teenager. He's he's okay with that. But yeah, that that. The way he just walks through that movie in a very stoic sort of way, but he's he's also hilarious. There, there's a scene uh, she offers him; she's eating carrots, and she hands a plate. He's like, "Oh, would you like a carrot?" And he just looks at him. He's like, "Y'all have one of those," and it makes me laugh every yeah. time. It is it is not a joke. It is not a punchline, but I laugh hard every single time I hear that line. Yeah, I'll have one of those. <laughs> but that again, that's just that's the. That's Bill. That's what Bill Murray brings to his roles. That that Bill Murray ness that we that we love him <laughs> from all these other movies. But yeah, that that's that's my favorite movie. But I could also very easily lean Ghostbusters or Groundhog Day, which is the could be the quintessential uh, starring starring role for him. Yeah. And you hmm. said you rewatchability. It's on TV all the time. You can you can turn it on at any point in the movie and just and keep watching. Okay, my thoughts are, I, I was thinking which ones I would pick, and then I was thinking, oh, what's even in my top 100? And the three that I had narrowed it down to, of course, are all in there. Um, the, with the three, my number one performance by Bill Murray is Caddyshack. Like, Carl Spackler, is, everything that comes out of his mouth is quoted by me constantly. You know, I, I love, 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 that performance but um as far as i don't i have nobody's gonna back me up on that so uh the other two are groundhog day and rushmore like those are mm -hmm. my other two favorites of his um they both rank higher than caddyshack as a movie for me also and so i, I would go either one of those easily i like ghostbusters think he's great in that uh, but it doesn't rank as high as these two for me i think groundhog day is the bill murray movie 
Like it yeah. has the funny, it has the emotional. You know, if it, if we're just putting something on his tombstone, that's the one I would think is the strongest fit. That probably gives he's you a, a bit of a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it gives you a little bit of like Jordan was saying, his two careers together. Yeah. Um, I have never seen Rushmore. I not, not that I know of. I don't. Anyways. I would not expect you to be a yeah. Wes Anderson fan. Yeah. No. Like. But I think that's that's one of my favorite movies, you know. That's, that's great. But it's also not just... It's not Bill Murray's movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, by the rules, we if you pick Ghostbusters, we get Ghostbusters 2. We get the Ray Parker Jr. music video. Any Anything <laughs> Peter Vakeman's in. The reboot, the remake. We can get the Lady Ghostbuster. You know, he has a cameo in that. So I, I think we get the whole Ghostbusters... Uh, franchise yeah but you know but i'm okay with groundhog day because i do i i i remember when that came out it was a huge hit but i i that's a movie i went and saw multiple times um probably was in i don't know junior high something like that uh but it was a movie we could watch over and (laughs) ironically uh, over and over and over again uh but yeah classic Murray, classic lines, quotable. Um, and it's become a reference. Like you talk about another, oh, it's like Groundhog Day. Like everyone right. knows what that means. Yeah. It, it's become its own genre of movie. <laughs> but uh, another uh, more recent movie of his that I really like is St. Vincent. Um, that's a really good movie. He's very good in it. He plays this kind of angry old man. Um, very sleazy character has prostitutes hanging around, uh, meets this little boy who changes his life and, uh, it's got Melissa McCarthy in it, but, um, it's very good. Uh, great ending to it. So, so sounds like we've narrowed it down here and in the annals of Kapow history on the tombstone of Bill Murray. We'll read Phil Connors. Phil? Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Uh, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad. Senior year almost didn't graduate. Bing again. Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Bing! <laughs> So did you turn pro with that belly button thing? They'll say, oh. wait, well, what if there's no tomorrow? <laughs> there wasn't one today. <laughs> you know, the funny, the funniest thing would be oh. if, if we figured out later on that we had done Bill Murray already and picked Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Actually, we, we should, should do, do that, that should once be a, a bit. year. We should, should do that once a year. <laughs> but again that kind of uh, kind of bums me out of like looking this might be the best list we've done so far as far as quality timeless movies and we're going with the first one we all thought of but 
there's a reason there's a reason we thought yeah. of it first because it's it's the it's the one yeah i feel good about it all right we did it yeah sweet i haven't done one of we those hope, for a while so yeah we hope you can agree on that that if did we miss anything there were a few i got skimmed over so i might have missed some cult favorite out there so let us know if we missed something and if you want to vote in these polls become a patron one dollar a month you can come onto the secret Facebook page and uh, give us your opinion there when we do these. There's a trailer I want to talk about real quick. Actually, there's two trailers out now for the same thing. Um, but it, it came out a couple weeks or so ago. I sh We kind of talked about it in the chat real quickly, but never brought it up on the show. Um, but that's got, I got to get it out just how great Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe uh, Netflix there was a new show. trailer today, I assume you saw. Yeah, there was. And um, I kind of wish he'd stop putting stuff out there. Uh, <laughs> because, you don't have to watch them. Yeah, I don't have to watch. Well, I kind of do because I can't stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> time after time, you try to take this castle. But you will never succeed, Skeletor. Call your champion. the animation on this looks great this um according to kevin smith he says this is basically going to pick up where the the show left off more or less um i'm sure it's uh, it's going to be more for the 40 year olds who use who were the five-year-olds back then um than it is going to be for the five-year-olds today they have some new masters of the universe shows coming out uh more for the you know for kids of today. Um, I think one's even coming out on Netflix, but, but man, this, the, the first trailer dropped, uh, that hero trailer dropped that classic song and like people were coming out of the woodwork. Uh, the, the old Motu fans just absolutely ecstatic over it. The animation looks great. We've talked about the voice cast. It's an all-star cast. And I thought really, I was like, I, it could have just been that. Yeah, I would have been happy with it, but man, this thing looks amazing. Um, it ha it's gotten some criticism from, from some folks who, you know, aren't, uh, I don't know. They, the, the same people that complain about everything about, you know, Oh, it's, this is too much about Tila and it's too woke and, and there's too much whatever. Um, I don't care. This thing looks amazing. And, uh, there's going to be some, I'm guessing some time travel stuff, some dimension hopping stuff. There's been, uh, we've, we've seen some toys, uh, new toys line of it with, with Skeletor and maybe perhaps what he becomes. Um, the new trailer, it, apparently they're incorporating the original, um, comic book. Some of the storyline from that about the two swords combining, I expect to see maybe even some She-Ra in there uh, and Etheria. Like I'm, I'm just expecting everything at this point. L listening to Kevin Kevin Smith talk about it, it, it kind of it would it was almost like, hey, here's my chance to do everything w 
we ever wanted from this. Um, everything, you know, characters that were in the toy line, um, that never made it onto the show stink or, and, and some of those, uh, um, scare glow and, uh, clamp champ and some of those characters that were very long, you know, very late in the run, uh, that everybody always wanted to see the animated form of. So, um, Did you say Stinkor? Stinkor? Yeah. He looked like a, he was like the skunk man. He smelled. His toy smelled. <laughs> he smelled. He, yeah. He was like the skunk man. He smelled. Old yeah, it was amazing. It was a toy built to smell bad. Yes. That was... And we ate it up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Never heard of it. So, hey, don't feel bad because I owned that toy I as don't a child. And I didn't realize in probably probably until like maybe just a few years ago, I mean like maybe two years ago, that that toy was just a repaint of Merman. I had both of those toys for years and years and never realized they were the exact same figure with just a different paint job and different clothes on. So and smell. And, well, yeah. yeah, one smelled. <laughs> so. One smelled like fish. <laughs> like a skunk. Yep. So and then the the comic book just launched this week as well. The prequel. Uh, it's going yeah. to be the story leading into the animated series. Yeah. So you can get that uh, Dark Horse comic book. Uh, not a, not an adaptation of the show, but the, the kind of the lead up it lead into the show. And it's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. So can't wait for it. Jordan's got a copy. I'm sure he's holding for me down there. Um, but I, I'm super, super pumped about this. We're talking time travel shenanigans on streaming about the Tomorrow War. Anybody check that out? I did not realize it was out yet. It's on Amazon Prime, right? Amazon Prime just dropped July 2nd. Okay. Which was way in the past. Yeah. So definitely. you should have had time to get to it. <laughs> I actually watched it last night at midnight, which Bravo Amazon just put it out at midnight. Midnight East a, Coast time. Yeah. The three AM nonsense is not working for me. No. Disney Plus. <laughs> Do midnight. Alright. So this is uh director Chris McKay. So he directed several of the, the Lego movies. Uh, Lego and Lego Batman. So this is his first live action movie. And it was made by Paramount for a theatrical release. But due to last year's theater closings, they sold it to Amazon Prime Video for $200 million. So I know it was a big budget feature for just a streaming film. But they, uh, the Amazon sunk quite a bit of money into it. Runtime, 139 minutes. So it's a, it's a long one. Yeah, I won't be watching that. Yeah, it's a, it's an. I was, epic. I was just like, I was like, well, I have no interest in this movie. I was like, but I'll hear what he has to say. <laughs> you just lost me. I don't care if you say you loved it. <laughs> I liked it more than some of the reviews I read today. So, uh, the idea is it's Chris Pratt and time travelers from 30 years in the future come back and say we're at war with aliens and we are losing really, really badly. So they have to draft people from our time to go to the future and help us fight. And not a lot of them come back. So my immediate thought was Futurama and Zap Brannigan's plan to throw wave after wave of soldiers at these 
And that's pretty much what it is. And then I, I read the review on AV Club today, and that somebody I said it, it was a Zap Brannigan-esque plan to fight these aliens. And that's exactly what it was. So, And to me, that's the high point of the movie. It's basically there's no time and there's no equipment. So you, they just draft people and you get pulled into it. You're not trained. They barely explain what you're doing. There's no equipment. So it's like middle-aged women in you know khaki pants. Here's your gun. Here's the front line. Go. We got to fight. Why don't and you have a, time? Just go back and train the hell uh, out they, of them. The, the explanation of the time travel, there's only a certain, you can only go a fixed uh, amount of time. Mm. Time is always moving forward. So there's, uh, yeah. They, hmm. they, they explain it. There's, there's plenty of time. There's 139 minutes to explain time travel. So, yeah. So Chris Pratt is an ex-soldier, of course. He was like a special ops guy. But now he's a biology teacher, a super jacked biology teacher, of course. He's, <laughs> he's very uh, muscular for, for a nerdy teacher. Um, so he gets drafted, has to go into the future. Um, has a pretty good cast. Uh, his wife is Betty Gilpin. Uh, J.K. Simmons, get this, he plays a dad who's not so great in his, <laughs> that's the J.K. Mm. Simmons, like bread and butter is like a bad dad. Uh, Marilyn Rice Cub, the comedian's in it for a little bit. Randy from Netflix's Love. They draft Randy, you guys, he finally got a job. Yeah. <laughs> get on him. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, Sam Richardson uh, comedian, he's on Veep, uh, the Detroiters, really funny guy. So he's kind of the comedic. This is not comedy, Chris Pratt. This is not wisecrack, Chris Pratt. So they let Sam Richardson do the 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 yucking it up, and then he meets this this military commander in the future, Yvonne Strahovski, from Chuck and the Handmaid's Tales, where you might know her from. So yeah, the the basic idea, it's got some good thoughts to it the idea you know that if you think just from what i've said it's that idea of like you know there are problems coming fast and the people of today need to deal with them before they become horrible calamities in the near future that's that's a pretty easy metaphor to to, to throw some stuff at but it's also there's not very much unique in this the the, the creature design the aliens look pretty cool the effects are good said it's got a lot of money behind it for a netflix movie but it's it feels very familiar it feels like most other time travel movies you've seen it feels like alien uh there's a there's a whole bunch of influences that it has that it feels very familiar but i enjoyed it i thought it was good enough <laughs> especially for the the, the sci-fi genre and uh, you, you, it might not surprise you on the twists that are coming, but I, for a very long movie, I, I thought it was enjoyable. And Chris Pratt's fine. I said he's he. It's more of that earnest hero role where, guys, we're gonna get through this if we just work together and fight. It's that sort of bland hero. It's not the the fun Peter Quill hero. Mm. So, on the whole, I enjoyed it. And it's it. There's I've seen ads everywhere for this. So Net, or Amazon really wants you to watch it. So. I'm giving it a mild <laughs> recommendation that it's 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 worth a watch. I want to bring up something real quick. I wish I had brought it up earlier. I told you guys in Messenger, and I'm sure neither of you watched it, but I'm I'm putting it out there. Somebody has to watch this. 
Have you ever watched any of the Chris Gethard show? Do you... I have seen it on flipping past a few times, but never put a whole lot of effort into it. Me neither. I didn't even know it was a show. What was what was it on? Uh, it was on one of those oddball like... channels. Yeah, I didn't know whether it was on Comedy Central or what the heck it was no, on. No, no. I didn't even know it was a thing. But someone had suggested it on something I was listening to. And I just... I'll never watch another episode because the episode I watched was so good and won't be able to live up to it. But I do like him. I loved him in that documentary. Cliff, you have to Cliff, you yeah. have to watch this. Yeah. Okay. Just watch it. It's 40... true true TV. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. I I'm just telling you it's one it's I've seen it twice now because I watched it with Nick and I would watch it again right now. Like I just enjoyed the heck out of it. But do not you can't don't get spoiled is the the thing but it's he it, his his show it's just him hosting some sort of comedy show with stupid you know they have guests and do play some stupid game or some something and they have you know some annoying announcer and the girl on the computer and the da, da, da. it's just you know it's several years ago mm-hmm. i think this this episode that i'm gonna tell you was like 2016 i think it might have been actually. It probably was earlier than that, and just got posted on YouTube in 2016. Like <laughs> it's, it's probably closer to 10 years old. But I don't know. Anyway, the episode is called. It's season two, episode nine. It's on YouTube. There is spoiler versions on there, so just. Look it up, and the first, the one you want will be the first thing, probably. But the, it's it's called "One Man's Trash" is the name of the episode, and the guests are Paul Shear and Jason Matzowskis or whatever his name is. Um, they were both on the league together, and and they're hilarious. But they they like they definitely are in there to just like ruin everything for him. You know, they like take over the show basically, you know, from him and, and, but the game they're playing, there's a dumpster sitting there and they're just going to try to guess what's in the dumpster. And the people can guess, people can call in and guess whatever. And they, meanwhile, these guys are like not letting anything progress. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, he's trying to do this. And they're they're not letting it progress. But I, I honestly just don't want to tell you anything else except that it's great and you should watch it. <laughs> and then tell me that was great. That was really fun. Uh, because I, I just I loved it. I freaking loved it. It's hmm. it's it's not uh what they had planned that isn't exactly what happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you should definitely check it out. Yeah, the Conan, Conan, Conan O'Brien's last show, talking about talk shows. Yeah. Wrapped yeah. up his TBS run after 11 years on TBS and 28, I think, said hosting. Yeah, wow, late he's... night, some some form. Yeah, I was I couldn't believe he's been on TBS for 11 years. I didn't watch it religiously on TBS, but the, these last few weeks pretty much when he came back after COVID, I was curious how he was doing it, like from his house. And then he came back to the Largo theater and was doing it in an empty theater. So I, I've been watching pretty much nightly since, since this summer, especially knowing it was going to wrap up. So he's, I, I, I watched the early days in when I was in high school and loved it. 
Yeah. And I, I still love him as a performer, as an interviewer, as a comedic mind. I don't, the show was not groundbreaking, you know, that much anymore, but I, I will always love Conan and whatever he does next on HBO Max. I'm, I'm excited to see. Yeah. I, um, when I remember whenever he took over in, on, and uh, for Letterman on NBC, 90, 93 or whatever that was, um, I was like in junior high or just starting high school. And I would stay up every night to watch Conan because I hated Leno. I never Letterman was fine. I liked him on NBC better than CBS. Um, But Conan was the one I would always stayed up to watch. And like, it was just those first few years were so at the time bizarre from what I was used to. I just, I could not wait to see what he would do next or where he was going or, you know, the whole thing, the skits, I you know, remember the old skit from the, from the, they used to sing from the year 2000 and it was just off the wall stuff that I, I absolutely love the early, early Conan stuff. And I've listened I, I, to a lot of the podcast here recently since he started that Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I mean, he, it's great. Yeah. He's really good at that too. But yeah. I, I was sleep deprived most of <laughs> high yeah. school it's like well I, I at least step for the first guest or you know i, yeah. I want to stay up this, you had to see that first comedy bit well <laughs> maybe i'll wait a commercial i want to see who the guest is I guess. but yeah i i when he when they took the tonight show away from him i, I it was such a like what are you doing like it's a backward thinking idea and there's been books written about it and things about that, but I was so, I literally, I never watched a second of Jay Leno mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Well, from his 10 o'clock show to when they put him back in the tonight show spitefully, like I would, I didn't watch Leno regularly, but it would be on sometimes or like, Oh, I like this guest. I'll watch Leno. But I, I purpose it, it, it solved nothing. It meant nothing. Jay Leno will never know. But like, I literally would jump for the remote to turn it before I saw a second of Jay Leno. I was so disgusted with how that all went down. So NBC lost me completely from whatever viable advertising it was trying to sell. <laughs> yeah. I like but it, it, it was a, it was I'm a good not, send-off. I've never been like, I've never been over the moon about him, but I, I mean, I've always liked him. Yeah. I was watching even, uh, cause I had watched his kind of, you know, his farewell or whatever. But then I was watching, uh, somebody had, uh, Team Coco's their YouTube page. They had posted like the best of Sona. I love Sona, you know, since she's become a star in her own right. You know, his assistant, and uh, and she's on the podcast. So I was just watching some of that. I was like, just like this is it's genius. Yeah, I had a, if Andy doesn't go to HBO thing, like Sona needs to be the sidekick. Yeah, like, th- those two could play off each other and and be just as funny as he and Andy. <sighs> Is that it? Are you finishing up here with Loki? It won't take long. Yeah. You're watching Loki. There's nothing else. We're going to get to the Marvel series, Loki. We've had two more episodes since last we talked about it. So, episode three and four. And we're two thirds done. We're almost done with this. Yeah. 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 So, are you, uh, I've seen a lot of Chris criticism out there people just saying this show is not doing it for them is that are you are you guys still in agreement with that i i i see people like 
really liking it. And I, I am of the people that it's not doing it for me. Like it feels just so bland and talky and Mm -hmm. like the, the action is so choreographed. It's just like not smooth to me at all. Uh, That last uh, thing in the fourth episode, which was basically just the last Jedi, uh, the throne room scene. It's like you got the Snokes over there mm-hmm. and you got them fighting against everybody. And I was like, this is the last Jedi. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just like, and not, and not done as well, but I, I was like, it's just whatever it, the, I get what they're doing. I feel like they have the pe- They think they have the formula. They're like, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll take this and this. I mean, it's just like such a cookie cutter time travel thing to me. And then we'll put it all together and put Loki and it'll just work. And I hear people like, oh, I like Owen Wilson. I like, I like Owen Wilson. Yeah, sure. I like Tom Hiddleston. It's like as individual pieces, but nothing special is happening. In yeah, my I opinion. I don't know what this show would be without the performances. Right. Because Again, I'm still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's still a decent watch, but I, yeah, I have the same feelings and I'm traveling the same corners of the internet as you. Like I'm just, I'm saying nothing but love for it. I'm seeing people just like, you know, they, they love this character and they want to see more of it and more of it. And that's, that's right. great. If you know, that's, yeah. yeah go for it. Hey, I don't, ex- I, I didn't expect to love every Marvel series. You know, I loved WandaVision. I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. And this is my least favorite of the three, mm-hmm. but it's still fine. But I'm not like, ever in a hurry to watch yeah. the episode. I, I think and I'm, I think my problem with it over and I don't have a huge problem with it. It's fine. But it's there's no like Loki to me is still a bad guy. There's no hero for me to really root for in this. Like everybody's just kind of like meh. Like I I just can't there there's nothing to and you think and some and everybody you think is up to something you know is is own wilson hiding something so yeah there isn't a real clear hero that i could see say like who yeah. who do you root for at this bureau right they seem yeah. to be it's, they it's seem to so be shady. i mean seriously like the the girl that's obviously bad or whatever she it was so obvious for so much they just spent so much time and you're so sure that she's bad and she's bad. And it's like, yeah, no, no, there's nothing right. Exactly what we thought. And the other girl, the like guard girl, like all I hear is praise. I mean, she's, she was on uh Lovecraft country or whatever, which she was better on that as far as I'm concerned, but she's fine on this. I don't know what all the rave is. She hasn't, mm-hmm. she isn't doing anything <laughs> walking <laughs> in a room. Like I don't there's- get, Marvel has this mystique about it that like if if you're a fan like don't you dare criticize this or it's the stuff that's good is amazing and the best you've ever seen so the, there's definitely a especially online <laughs> where it's easy to be uh, hyperbolic yeah but I saw the the comment I saw this week it was perfect for me it said this show feels like Doctor Who if they never left the TARDIS mm. yeah said, that's pretty much that's- perfect. That was what I was going to say is my criticism is I don't like Doctor Who. And yeah, this is yeah. a lot like Doctor Who. But like, the Doctor Who goes around and does things. Yeah, and this right. is a lot of people sitting at desks describing yeah. things. Yeah. And it could very well be COVID related. 
It could be schedule related, budget related. Who knows why? Mm-hmm. But the finished product is all we can judge. We can't assume what it could yeah. have been or might have been. So there's an awful lot of showing and or telling and not showing where it is just, you know, we, we, we have all of time and space to explore and we're sitting at a, we're sitting across from each other, <laughs> just talking, yeah, looking at files. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, episode three, I think was an improvement on mm-hmm. the planet that is you yes. know, going to explode and they have to get on a train. Like it had forward momentum. Yeah, I thought we were finally getting somewhere. Yeah, it did. And then I'm reading reviews, and people thought, "Oh, I'll bet she's just in his head. She's enchanting him to, to think this to get Loki." I was like, "If that whole episode was a dream sequence, <laughs> if the only interesting action we've had was fake, I'm gonna lose it." But so episode <laughs> four uh, didn't pan out to that theory. But yeah, I. Uh, We'll see. I'm not expecting much from the ending. Okay, yeah, we had the stinger at the end of uh, the fourth fourth thing, which I get. Okay, that's cool. I like the, is it Richard Grant is his name? You know, that's cool. He he didn't pull that off quite quite like Elizabeth Olsen could pull off her Halloween costume. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, true. I mean, that's cool, but it still doesn't excite me for anything. I, I, I guess it's just not for me, but We'll see. Maybe they'll do something fancy. I felt this entire, since episode one, I felt like this is a primer for a bunch of movies. And and that's it. It's just, we're... we're, It uh, it doesn't feel very necessary, which I'm glad. It doesn't, you shouldn't have to watch this to enjoy the movies, but it it does not feel necessary. Which was my worry going into this whole endeavor. Oh, we're going to do these TV shows on Disney Plus. Like, are they going to matter? Or is it just going to be filler between movies mm. and the first two shows set the bar so high yeah that not only was it just fun marvel shenanigans which that's all you really need just a fun hour of tv with marvel characters great both the previous show managed to be something more both in here's some characters that don't have a lot and we're going to explore them right okay that's great that's all that's all you needed and then they also both managed to Oh, we're, yeah, Wanda. We're gonna explore grief and love and loss and like some something elevated, and then Captain America, or, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier managed to talk about race and class and these. So like, it took the bare bones it needed to be and elevated it to other levels. And I don't think Loki has done either. Nah. The, mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's still at that bottom level for me, where it's watchable and it could be a good hour of TV and it's fun, but it just hasn't. Yeah, ramped up the way the other ones have. Yep, but totally agree. That's all I got. Uh, the only other note I wrote down was the the Time Lords. I looked like Bill and Ted's future. <laughs> I kind of expected that with hmm. the Time Lords in those chairs. Like, yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sunglasses. Yeah, the big silver with the shoulder pads. And, yeah. <laughs> How's so. it going, future dudes? <laughs> I will say, um, after listening to you guys talk about uh, the HBO series Hacks, mm-hmm. uh, Alicia and I sat down and watched it. It was fine. Um, mm-hmm. It was good, you know, good enough, whatever. Um, I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was pretty good. So, I was, yeah, I, I didn't again. Again, that was one that got so much rave, 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 and I did enjoy it. I like mm-hmm. Gene Smart. But I, I again was not over the moon about it. The I did watch those first five episodes of Physical. On yeah, Apple I've, I've watched four 
so far. Yeah. I didn't watch today's, but yeah. And it is also fine. Mm-hmm. But the whole deal, the thing they have going on with her, uh, like having a some sort of um, depression type thing, like just looks bad, thinks badly of herself and her weight and all this mm. is, it's like, it's a real downer. Yeah. It's like, body, <laughs> yeah, it is definitely it's, is. She has like, for this show, like it's yeah. not, but it doesn't feel like that's what this show sh- is, but it is. Yeah. We have a character, a lead character that is like bulimic and has body dysmorphia and what a great premise for a, for a show. Yeah, that, did not think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's not like that's what I thought this show was trying to be, but maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's fine. But I, I really like um uh Elizabeth Byrne. Is that Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, sorry. Yeah, I really like her and anything she's ever in, so that that's why I watched yeah, she's good. started the show and she's good. I'll finish so. it. Yeah, me too. Apple Plus. And that's all I got. The only other thing I've been watching is because Seth sent so many gifts from the wire this week. I had to read I had to I had to start rewatching The Wire. Oh yeah, I didn't bring up that I have watched fifty nine episodes in the last couple of weeks, and there I have one. I have all I have left is the finale, so I'm going to watch that sometime this weekend. Hmm. It's a good show. I got through the first season this week, and really I, remembering why I liked it so much. Excellent. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> All right then, that's that's a whimper, not a bang. <laughs> <laughs> I like to end these strong with excitement. Do something. Yeah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I need an alligator wearing a hat. That's how you. That's how you get people to stick around. <laughs> what, what is the deal? The, that what was the Mister T? What was the reference? I don't, I don't. I saw ten articles ending explained. <laughs> It's like no one knows how to like. I didn't click on any of them because no one's got. No one knows how to explain that. Anything, so. Yeah, spoiler alert: there was a mid-credit scene in Loki, and it had everybody talking. But I was really hyped about that alligator. I want to know more. <laughs> uh. All right, thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for. Uh, putting up with us. Thanks for listening to our one job, our Loki review, all our anecdotes, pitches for Kickstarters. Go to soprocomics.com for all your comic book needs or youdownwithkpp.com for your podcasting needs. Mm. My name's Jordan Lowe. I'm going to leave now. Cliff Bart. I'm Sarah. Bye. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. 
If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share. Long live... Clemp Clattenburg. I can't wait. Oh, man. <laughs> He's excited. Wow. I'm excited. You really, he would, if you had like a trunk in your house, he would probably climb inside it <laughs> and wait for two hours just for the reaction to like yeah. bust out of a trunk. Yeah, I just told him like, just, uh, you know, I'll text, be texting you while we play and give you a, <laughs> tell you when to head over. It's like, as soon as you get here, let me know and I'll you know yeah be like uh, you know have him brought out or it'd be great if you could like have him deliver like a pizza like hey i'm gonna call a pizza in and then you open up the door and it's jesse Uh, oh he's just gonna walk in the front door (laughs) and he'll be blindfolded (laughs) he's not allowed to say anything he's not allowed to say anything he has to come in and just sit down and he has to sit there quietly until they break him out or whatever so they're gonna be dying to like bust him out or whatever, you know, it's going to be great. I was like, I just told him, I was like, this has been a lot of buildup for this moment. So you better have something good to say when that, when, when they bust you out. So we will see. He comes walking up through, the, uh, from the basement. Yeah, I thought been I was down here I, for two years. I, I, I was th- thinking, like, how could I? Because I've yeah, just his shirts all ripped, like, yeah, yeah. tatters. Yeah, like he's on that a, would be great. I guarantee you. Island. I guarantee you, if I told him to like <laughs> bloody himself up or something, he would do it. He, he's pretty dedicated. Like, he, <laughs> I could see him coming in here. You know, he's because he plays kind of like a priest thing. I bet he would put on a robe yeah. and stuff and. Jesse, Jesse's, Jesse's game for anything, I think. 